ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Let's see if I remember how to do this. Welcome in. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's program. We are going to take your phone calls this hour at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our toll-free phone number for you. Now, if you like the text, and I do like the text as well, 304-396-TALK. That's 304 396 8255. So we got everything set up, ready to go for you. I'm glad to be back. We're getting closer to football season. I had a chance to get a couple of comments from practice on Saturday. So you're going to hear that a little bit later on. We got Charles Huff's reaction to everything that happened with the scrimmage. I mean, it was a pretty fun day. Uh, they had a cookout, uh, a lot of family members in town to uh, see. Uh, what was going on with the Thundering Herd. So uh, a lot of fun happening there. Fan Day is coming up. That'll be on the 20th. So opportunity for you to go hang out with some of the players, get some autographs signed, things like that. So a lot coming up real soon. we got football starting. I mean, September 3rd is here sooner than you think. It's August 15th now, but before you know it, we're going to be talking about Marshall and Norfolk State. So we are going to be... From this point on, I think we're going to be talking about football every single day. And if we're not, we're doing it wrong because I'm excited. We are back into football mode here. Speaking of football, you know it's football season when we get the AP Top 25. It is out today, and one team from the Sun Belt receiving votes. That is it. I mean, you got Louisiana. I thought Louisiana should have maybe got some love here, but Appalachian State got four votes. So where's the Sun Belt love? Top 25, you know the usual suspects. Alabama's number one, Ohio State's number two, Georgia's number three, Clemson number four, and then future Marshall opponent Notre Dame number five. There is some... Love for some of the other schools. You know what I'm talking about, the G5 schools, whatever you want to call them there. Uh, Cincinnati, Houston, getting a little love there. You know, but they're moving up. So they get some love there. Kentucky, by the way, Kentucky comes in at 20th on the top 25. But it's the usual suspects once again. And as I mentioned, Appalachian State's right there at four votes. You think Appy should have got a little bit more? You think maybe Louisiana should have got a little bit more? I mean, we're repping the Sun Belt here now, so we got to stand up for the Sun Belt, right? Maybe Louisiana should have got a little bit more love here. So we'll see how this thing plays out. I still think the Sun Belt is going to be one of the toughest leagues in the non-power division. And it's definitely, hopefully, can you definitely, hopefully? I think you hopefully, definitely. Whatever the case may be. Uh, this is the best division in G5. It's going to be the most entertaining division in G5. I'll say that much. But this is going to be the toughest one because Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, all contenders there. Marshall contender as well. Don't sleep on James Madison. Don't sleep on Georgia State. Don't sleep on any of these teams. This is going to be a fun East division. But Appalachian State, for the most part, it's Appalachian State's conference right now. We're just living in it. 
Hopefully that narrative changes real soon. But we're going to hear from Coach Huff a little bit later on today, get his thoughts on what happened Saturday, his evaluation on all of that. I've got a conversation. I talked to Rasheen Ali for a couple of minutes. I also talked to Abraham Boplan for a couple of minutes. So you'll hear that a little bit later on. That's all coming up in the show. And, of course, we're going to make time for you since it's been a week. I want to hear from you. Text line is, again, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So that's the text line to be a part of the program today. And we got other news to get into. Sunbelt men's soccer preseason coaches poll came out today. And let me tell you, it's going to be interesting because the top two teams are from the Mountain State. It's just not in the order you want. West Virginia Five first-place votes, 75 points. So West Virginia has picked to win the Sun Belt, number one team. Number two team with 72 points and three first-place votes, Marshall. And then Kentucky got one first-place vote and is third at 69. So this is going to be a tough league to begin with. And then you got South Carolina at number four. Coastal Carolina and James Madison tied for fifth. Georgia State is 7th, Old Dominion is 8th, and Georgia Southern is ninth. So that's how it stacks. So really, the first four teams in the top five here are all, well, really, at Coastal because Coastal was an affiliate member. So now it's like Conference USA. It's West Virginia, which is going to join Conference USA. Marshall, which was in Conference USA. Kentucky, which was an affiliate member. South Carolina, which was an affiliate member. And then, you know, Coastal, because Sunbelt didn't have men's soccer, Coastal was in Conference USA. So here it is. It's Conference USA reborn in soccer. And West Virginia coming in as the number one team atop the table. What will happen when these two teams meet? It's going to be fun. By the way, you're the number two team, but you have four members of the preseason all-conference team. You got Milo Yosef, of course. You have Fernandez on there, and Alves is on there, and Oliver's on there as well. So you got four guys. And again, this is all preseason, and this stuff is great. You really don't live by this. This is just, hey, this is what we think is going to happen. It's, it's nice recognition. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, what is this really? It's just, hey, this is what we think is going to happen, not what actually happens. Big difference here. I mean, you could you could pick second and win this thing, and, you know, what's Coach Grassy going to say? Well, you know, they picked a second, but we won it. So, you know, what's more important? I would think you would take the actual. Or this thing could be dead on. I don't know. It's going to be competitive, that's for sure. Whatever happens – it's going to be competitive. This is probably one of the best soccer pairings or groups that I've seen in a long time, especially with Marshall, Kentucky, and West Virginia right there, all competitive. Coastal is going to be good again. I'm sure South Carolina is going to be interesting, to say the least. So this is pretty good. So that's out today. That's going to fuel a lot of debate, a lot of back and forth between Mountaineer fans and Thundering Herd fans. If not already, it will be happening soon. 
But the margins are really close. I mean, five first-place votes, three first-place votes, and then Kentucky gets one. So I'm curious, where did the three first-place votes come from? Where did the five come for West Virginia, and where did the three come for Marshall? I'm going to have to ask Chris Grassi, hey, where'd your vote go? Right? Where'd you go? Do you think the the teams that, or the coaches that know had a hard time trying to split between West Virginia and Marshall? I mean, of course, West Virginia was a little bit more successful you know, last season. Marshall, as a program, has had more success as of late, including the national championship, which trumps pretty much everything so far any of these other teams have done. Number one and number two, we'll see what the actual is. But I'll tell you what else we'll see. We'll see what Coach Huff had to say on Saturday. That coming up. And later on, I've got some comments from Rasheen Ali and Abraham Boplan. You're going to hear that. I'm going to take your text at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So we got all of that coming up on this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It is the Monday, August 15th edition. Your drive continuing here on ESPN 94.1 and ESPN94.1.com. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Glad to be back with you. Except for football season, of course. So that means from this point forward, we're going to be talking football every single day, right? No excuse here now. It's it's football season. We got we got something to talk about every single day, or at least we should, as we're just that much closer to the start of the season. And that means how's the team looking? Everybody wants to know how how's the team looking. Gone are the days where you can just hang out at practice and go on the internet afterwards and type your thoughts up, and everyone can read it. Those days are over now. Instead, practices are closed. you got to find out what Coach Huff said to the media, and thus begins our segment here. What did Coach Huff say to the media on Saturday? What did he say when he was asked about everything he saw out there? And, and here's sort of his breakdown of everything that happened. One, really good day as far as no one getting injured. You know, we got some typical camp bruises and um, so forth, but pretty much um, got everybody through today healthy, hit the number that we wanted to hit as far as reps-wise, got a lot of guys, um, some extra reps that they may have not have gotten, um, you know, earlier in camp, um, got a chance to get some guys some different positions, you know, particularly in the O-line, moving some guys around, playing different positions, um, got a chance to evaluate uh, both quarterbacks, um, really all of them, got an opportunity to get evaluated. I thought the offense started out really fast, which is good. Um, obviously, breaking tackles and, and getting yak yards is a big part of, you know, the first day of tackling, which was really good. Um, offense threw the ball down the field, hit some shots early in the scrimmage. thought the defense really settled down, you know, as the day went on, started communicating, um, did a really good job of, of running to the ball um, on defense. Um, got a chance to get a couple out there at the end. Um, special teams-wise, got a chance to see our kickers um, hit the ball live. You know, with a little bit of pressure around them in a game-like situation, um, so thought it was good. Um, 
feel, feel like we're in a good spot for week one. We got a lot, long way to go, obviously. Got to really narrow down now who can do what moving forward next week. You know, who, who's the best at running this route? Who's the best at running, you know, this run play? Who's the best at this coverage? Uh, what's the best position on the back end or on the linebacker position for guys? Uh, first week, we wanted to kind of just move guys around and see their athleticism. Um, moving forward now, we got to kind of start getting guys in, in, in seats on this bus. Um, so we can make the turn the last week to, to kind of start game prep. That was the big thing. First thing, no injuries, getting everybody acclimated, getting everyone in, I guess, the right place. Going to start trying to figure that out. Wanted to see everything. So we're going to see next week and hear probably more of let's get this thing really fine-tuned we we have the pieces in place where we think they work and now we're going to fine-tune is what i took away from that one of the questions for coach on saturday was about special teams we think that special teams are important they can win you and lose your games we know how important special teams are and so i think there's been some improvement there's some big strides on the special team side of the ball both uh Really, if, if you look at special teams, that's where you can make some difference happen. All things being equal, if your special teams are extraordinary or they're really good, they can win you some ball games. Those guys go out there and they work hard. So Coach talked a little bit about special teams, what he saw, and, and where they're at right now. I think, um, you know, Reese, you know, um, did a really good job kicking the ball off, you know, which was, which was good. He's got a really strong leg. A um, little inconsistent on field goals, but it's it's all his 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 fundamentals. It's not really his ability. Um, I think when you're a freshman and you're young, um, the attention to detail and the fundamentals is something that you probably get away with because of the strong leg and the leg talent. Um, but feel really good about him. I thought John did some good things punting the ball. Um, you know, he's he's really taken a um, leadership role in that group. Him and Apio. Um, you know, he's from here here in state and. Did a really good job when he came out of high school and has kind of waited his turn here, which has been really good. His work and his preparation has been good. Hit a couple really good balls today. Um, obviously got a chance to see a couple different returners. Obviously, you know, Talik's returning, you know, coming back um, as a punt returner. But got a chance to see Caleb McMillan get back there, Caleb Coombs get back there. Um, so it was good. One thing that came up in practice as well, intensity. That's a buzzword we like to use, right? Yeah, how intense were they? Faster. Were they playing faster? Were they playing more intensity? And I don't think that was really where we were on Saturday as far as what we're looking for. The intensity, Coach thought it was about the same, but he talks about really what he's looking for, and, and when does that really ramp up? You know, I, honestly, I think it was about the same. You know, our, our guys have done a really good job. This first week was all about creating and protecting our identity, um, and that's something you got to do every day. You got to come out with the right energy and the right intensity and the right focus. That doesn't mean you're going to make every play. It doesn't mean you're going to have, you know, no MAs. Uh, but the first week we wanted to focus on how can we make sure every time we hit the field we protect our identity. That's the right energy that's coming out, not having someone to say, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go, or start fast or tempo. Um, and I thought for the first week we really did that. You know, I told them we were going to look at this camp in three weeks. We weren't going to look at it as, you know, one whole camp. We were going to say this week this is our focus. Um, the next week our focus is going to be on what to do. Obviously, first week in camp you had a, a 48 new guys. They all don't know what to do, where to go. 
Um, but you can come out with the right energy and the right focus and the right intensity, even if you don't know where to go. I tell them, if you don't know what to do, run around the circle um, until you figure out what to do. Um, now, moving forward, okay, what to do? What to do on this play? How can I get my hat in the right place? What's my leverage? You know, that, that type of focus. And then the final week, we work on execution. Okay, I got to actually make the block now. I know how to come out with the right intensity, how to have the right energy. Okay, now I know what to do. Now in the last week going into the game week, we got to get ready to actually execute. So I think if we take it that approach, then guys don't get caught up on, well, you know what, I caught four balls today. Yeah, you caught four balls, but your, 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 your tempo was slow. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, I, I, I ran this route right. Yeah, well, I ran this route, but three other plays you were wrong. So just having them focus a little bit at a time and kind of building to where we want to be. Coach Huff talking about getting everything right and looking at this in segments. So that's where they're at right now. One other place they are right now is with the quarterback position. I think they're getting some good looks from especially they've got Columbia out there. He's an experienced quarterback from the standpoint that he's not a freshman. He's going through camp so far, even though this is his first camp with Marshall and with Coach Huff. He's going through camp. I guess the best way to describe it is if you're the starting quarterback, these are things you need to do to be the starting quarterback. And I think Columbia is showing that maybe reason why he was brought in. And Coach Huff talked a little bit more about what he's doing, what he brings as far as his veteran leadership and his experience. I think you can clearly see that he's he's got a veteran presence. You know, nothing rattles him. You know, nothing kind of gets him – you know, off kilter a little bit. Doesn't matter if he makes a completion. You know, doesn't matter if he steps up and takes off running. Doesn't matter if he, you know, throws an interception. You know, he kind of comes right back. He focuses. He's done a really good job of kind of taking the leadership, you know, when he's on the field, you know, and, and getting guys where they need to be, getting guys lined up. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten to the point now where he can correct some plays. You know, if the play comes in, supposed to be on the right hash, on the left hash, he can flip it. You know, so you can start to see his comfort level. I think, obviously, when you've, when you've been through a college camp before, even though it's not this one, you kind of know the routine. Um, he's done a really good job with his off-the-field preparation. You know, he's first one in the meeting. You know, he's last one to leave. He's asking questions. Um, so he's done a really good job. First one in, last one out. That's what you want from a quarterback that's uh, projected to be your starter at uh, the start of the season. Another thing that Coach talked about as far as some of the newcomers, that, that's something that everyone's been curious about. What are some of the newcomers looking like? You know, what are they bringing to the table? And I think we're going to have a really explosive ground game with the way that um, – well, I'll let Coach explain. Yeah, I think, you know, the first play of the game, you saw Caitlin LeBourne, you know, probably break three tackles and go 80. And, and that's, um, that's the Caitlin LeBourne I know, um, you know, that he's probably won on, on the offensive side. Um, on the defensive side, I think Jadarius McKnight is playing at a really high level. Um, he is all gas, no breaks. Um, sometimes he needs the breaks, um, but um, he, he's all gas, no breaks. He plays fast. Um, he's physical. Um, he can run. Um, you know, we've had some, some situations in practice where he's gotten from one side of the field to the other uh, fast. Um, he, he attacks the ball, and that's what we're really talking about with our DBs. Um, it's easy when they throw it right to you, right, to Deion Sanders. You know, you go down the sideline. Um, but going up and attacking the ball, you know, when the ball goes in the air, you're, you're not a DB anymore. You're a receiver. Um, and he's the one guy that's consistently done that. Um, so that's been really well. Um, and then, obviously, I think Reese, you know, as far as, you know, uh, special teams has probably been the one 
not saying that John has it, but we've seen John, you know, even in last year, we've seen him do some really good things. But Reese has done some really good things with his foot. Um, you know, that, that's really surprised us. And finally, Coach Huff was asked a little bit more about the defense, and I think that's going to be a really exciting part of this team. You know, say what you will about the offense. I'm excited about the defense. Coach Huff talked a little bit more about what he's seeing out there. Yeah, I think um, – obviously, I think we're, we're disruptive on the D-line. You know, I think that was something that we were last year and we kind of injury hit us. Um, if we could stay healthy, I think we got a chance um, up front. Um, I really like the fact that they battled back, you know, because the scrimmage started and it looked like it was going to be a little bit of a bloodbath. Um, and they battled back. And, and we've been talking uh, – we've been watching the, the, the captain series on Derek Jeter. Um, and going through some of the things that leaders have to do consistently. Um, and one of the things we talked about was when something goes wrong, we don't need everybody to start yelling and barking and come on, come on, come on. We need somebody to go do it. Um, and, and I think that's what the defense showed today. You know, things weren't going well. Offense made some plays. Um, and instead of everybody doing the rah, rah, let's go, let's go, let's go, we just had some guys that went out and did it. You know, D-line went out and stopped the run. You know, linebackers started running to the ball. Um, you know, some, some things on the back end where guys were filling gaps. So I think that's what, you know, probably the, the most impressive thing about the defense. Now you'll watch film and, you know, 10 guys will be, you know, out of their gap or in the wrong spot. But, um, but you, if you watch from where I watch from without knowing what play was called, that whole deal, you kind of saw the defense settle in as the day went on. Coach Huff, his comments from Saturday, looking forward to what comes next for the Thundering Herd. When we continue, I had a chance to actually catch up with a couple of guys. I talked briefly with Rasheen Ali. also talked briefly with Abraham Boplan. I'll let you hear all of that. That was on Saturday. And later on, we'll get your phone calls and text in. The phone line is open at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And our text line is open, 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. You've got more coming up on The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We continue on with this Monday, August 15th edition, your drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. We stream it every day at ESPN941.com. Of course, you can get our app as well for your iPhone and Android device. As we get closer to the start of season, one thing is certain, Marshall's going to have an exciting year with Rasheen Ali. One of the best running backs in the country last season, and I think he's getting better. And I had a chance to catch up with him on Saturday, just talk to him a little bit. You know, nothing really... I mean, we can talk numbers and stats. We can talk about that all day long. And that kind of gets numbing and boring after a while. We don't want to talk about that. Instead, you know, I just had a chance to kind of get a feel for where he's at right now and kind of get an understanding of you know, how he feels going through camp so far. And this is my conversation I had with Rasheen Ali. So it's been one full week of practice. Um, so far, uh, how do you feel about your progress? Uh, I feel like we made a lot of good strides. Uh, at the beginning of camp, it was a little... Rocky just getting the chemistry and just new guys coming into it, being a first time having a Marshall football camp, understanding the culture that we bring in there for the new upcoming season. But throughout the week, we made huge strides. With this being your second go around now with Coach Huff, how do you feel things have progressed from last year to this year? 
Uh, just understanding the standard, really. Just understanding what Coach Coach Huff, the culture that he want to bring in, and just he's more serious about it more. Last year it was kind of like, I wouldn't say a free-for-all, but he wanted to just establish the culture and just see how we take it. But this year it's a standard now, so everything that we do has to is, is brought to the standard, and if people aren't at the standard, we need to bring everybody up to the standard. But overall, I feel like we're making a lot of huge strides compared to last year, and I think we we're a lot further along from where we were before. Do you feel that you've been in the system now a little bit more? You can take a little bit more leadership role. You know, you're more active out there with the young guys, the new guys coming in. Oh, yeah, definitely. Being more of a vocal leader. Usually I typically just lead by actions, but being more of a vocal leader has been more of my turning point when I see guys down, just telling them, pick your head up, let's go, we got it. Just being more of a I got you guy instead of pointing the finger at each other. So just more so picking each other up. As far as the, the guys in front of you, uh, what are you seeing? What's their progress looking like? I mean, they got to keep you safe before you open up holes for you. The O-linemen good. So far, we just been, the main thing really just been building chemistry and just connections and just understanding what's going on in between certain blocks and just really communicating more. That's been the ultimate goal with each other. So really just seeing that and just seeing was how the relationships we've been building with each other, I think it's been going well. How's the quarterback chemistry doing? Those guys are battling. Oh, yeah, the quarterback chemistry been good. We got Cam, we got uh, Henry, we got Pete. We got a lot of guys competing to be at, like, the quarterback. I like how they doing, man. And, um, they're doing a good job. Everybody doing a good job. They competing, they completing passes. And they're doing a good job, honestly. As far as the defenses, how are they looking? Uh, pretty tough competition out there for them? Oh, yeah, definitely. The defense always look great. I think we got one of the best defenses in the country, D-line, linebackers, and secondary. And always going against them, we always get the best looks possible. So I love going against our defense because it pushed the offense to be the best offense we can be possibly because we want to be the best offense in the nation. So going against our defense is really helping us and just molding us to be a better offense. Who's standing out to you when you look over there? Abraham Boplan. Why is Abraham Boplan standing out to you? I mean, look at him. Like, he's he's uh. He's a stout linebacker. He's just physically there. He's just he always at the right place at the right time. He's vocal, and he's good at running sideline to sideline. And also, we got a lot of good D-linemen and other linebackers in secondary. But for the most part, who stand out to me the most is Abraham Boplan. Uh, one thing to let you in on, Abraham was actually standing right next to him. So when he's like, look at him, you know, we can actually look at him and, and see. So, had a chance to catch up after that conversation with Abraham Boplan. And that's where we begin, just – Kind of, when I was talking to him, I was asking him about how that feels. I mean, you got your guy over here, Rasheen Ali, talking you up. And you could tell there's a – these guys like each other. I mean, that's great. These guys really like each other. But yeah, you're getting praise from Rasheen and Abraham's out there talking about how Rasheen is his guy. And that's where we begin with this particular cut. That's my man, man. He's my man. So, I like. Uh, he get me better. I get him better. Every time, every day, going against him, he's only making us better. Let's talk about his performance first. You see him more than anybody. So you're trying to stop him, trying to, trying to toughen him up a little bit. Yeah. What do you, What are you seeing from his game? Every day going against him though, it's tough. But what I like about the challenge is that uh, if you go against a guy like like this every day. When you go, uh, when you play other teams, you're not gonna find a guy that's like him. So if you're able to make plays against them, it's only gonna give you confidence when you play other teams. When you look at the when you look at the offensive line and the quarterback position, they're battling. They're trying to establish themselves. What do you see 
as far as their performance and how they've progressed? Honestly, I like I like our quarterbacks. Uh, you got Columbia, you got Cam. Uh, you can you can see how they're getting better every day though. So uh, Columbia is he's a little older than Cam. So when he's when he goes out there, you can see uh, the maturity uh, um, with him. So and Cam, he's a guy that I love because he's able to do multiple t uh, things, not just one. He could throw the ball, he could run the ball. So yeah, I like I like them both, man. As far as your game, where have you seen your progress? Uh, one thing I focused on more is getting uh, knowing the defense better. So that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, this whole camp, and I feel like I'm getting better with the things, these things I'm talking about, uh, the defense, and not only that, not not only that, uh, helping the D line, also communicating better. So yeah. Who's impressed you on your side of the ball? I not gonna lie, I got a few few guys I, I really like. Uh, you got Eli. I've been playing with him for about two years now. He's a guy you can always count on. And you, you also have, uh, he's, a, he's a newcomer, uh, Sam. What I like about him is that he go hard every play. So that's really, that's really what I like about him. And also the D-line, I could just pick the whole D-line. So they, they stack, they got a, a bunch of guys like that they can just put in. Who's ahead right now, offense or defense? <laughs> That's a good question, man. But the thing is, uh, when we go out there, we just go play and have fun. Our, our offense, they make plays. Defense, we make plays. So it's like we're just getting each other better. So we wasn't going to answer that. Who's better? Offense, defense right now. You would think the offensive guys say we are. The defensive guys would say we are. So. That's where we stand right now. That's Abraham Boplan. You had a chance to uh, catch up with him on Saturday, and uh, it was fun, and hopefully we can do that again here real soon. So it's been a while since I've talked to you. The text line is open. It means I want to talk to you. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Paul Swan. Final segment is coming up. Thanks for listening to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment for the Monday, August 15th edition. The Drive is on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Streaming live at ESPN941.com. Texter writes in, uh, I don't know if you knew this, I have a Patreon account, and I'm really not going to promote that much here because it's uh, separate from what I do on the radio station, but I do have a Patreon account, and I'm going to post things to that now and then, that you're going to hear there first before you hear things here. So if anyone's interested, you can find me on social media, at Paul Swan, I'll direct you to that, but... Sometimes I'm going to have things that I don't have time necessarily to get to on the show, and sometimes I'm going to have things uh, ahead of the show. And so if you're interested in such things, uh, I've got a Patreon account. So text or text it in. Actually follow me on Patreon, and uh, really appreciate it, having some of the early content. And uh, we're going to do some more stuff like that. We're going to do a lot of things on a lot of different platforms, not only Patreon, but Facebook, Twitter, not the TikTok. We'll talk. 
We'll talk about the TikTok. Not the TikTok, but we'll talk. I'm not doing dances. I'm not doing lip syncing. I'm not doing any of the TikTok there. So uh, you can find me, though, on social media, at Paul Swan on Twitter and uh, Facebook. We've got a page to drive with Paul Swan. I invite you to follow that. And you can also join our group. It's more devoted towards you. We got a Facebook group. It's also named The Drive with Paul Swan. So we got a page, we got a group, I got a Twitter account, and I've got a radio show. So uh, we got many ways you can be a part and keep up with everything. Um, we got the TV schedule for Notre Dame that came out earlier today. And we know that Marshall was playing Notre Dame on September 10th at 2.30 p.m. We just didn't know exactly where it would be. Now we do. We, we knew, but we didn't have it officially. It's going to be on NBC Sports. Also, it's going to be on Peacock. So that's the good news. This is going to be an NBC Sports game. So you can watch it. You can turn the TV volume down, listen to our broadcast while you watch it. That is the preferred method. And you can stream it on Peacock. Again, turn that TV audio down. Turn the radio broadcast up. It is the preferred method to follow along with all the Thundering Herd action. Thank goodness this is not the Peacock exclusive. So if you look at the news release, of course, there is a Peacock exclusive. Now, this is not ESPN. This is not any of the other major platforms. This is Peacock. Now, I have watched a few things on Peacock. A lot of NBC programming. It's it's not a bad platform. I haven't watched that many sporting events on it. I did watch SummerSlam. I've watched a couple of other wrestling pay-per-views because they're free to me. And it wasn't the most enjoyable experience. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with my Xfinity Internet or a lot of people were trying to watch SummerSlam. I don't know if anything outside of that factored in, but it wasn't the most enjoyable experience. And I would think that it might not be an enjoyable experience as well if you've got a lot of Notre Dame fans because the Fighting Irish have a following nationally. It's a national brand. So there are going to be a lot of people tuning in, right? You don't have NBC or you're not watching on NBC. You want to watch it on your mobile device or whatever. However, you're going to stream it on Peacock. And thankfully... Marshall's going to be televised by NBC and streamed on Peacock. And a lot of their games are going to be NBC and Peacock, but there's going to be one game that is going to be a Peacock exclusive. Last year, it was the Toledo Rockets game. This year, it's the UNLV Rebels. And that's going to be streamed exclusively by Peacock. Thankfully, Marshall avoided the stream-only game. Dodged that bullet. Now, here's the thing. There are going to be a lot of games that Marshall will be involved in that are going to be stream-only. A lot of these are going to be ESPN Plus games. That is the way of things. Just can't escape that. You're on ESPN now. You're going to be on the family of platforms. That could be ESPN, that can be ESPN2, that could be ESPN News, that could be ESPN3 or ESPN Plus. That could be the Ocho for all I know. But you're going to be somewhere 
on one of the many ESPN family of stations and platforms. And for the most part, those are going to be fine. Depending on where you're at, your broadband, that's going to be fine. I'm just thankful, truly thankful here, that Marshall and Notre Dame, that's going to be on NBC. That's the that's a bigger game. I mean, you're kicking things off on NBC with the Marshall game. So, yeah, the home schedule opens up with Notre Dame and South Bend on NBC against the Thundering Herd. I mean, that's prime time right now. If Marshall makes a good showing, that's going to look good for Marshall. That's going to look good for the Sun Belt. If Marshall gets trounced, well, I mean, it is Notre Dame. And you look at the top 25, where's Notre Dame ranked? Preseason, number five. So they're pretty good. So if the Thundering Herd can go out there and be competitive with the preseason number five team in the country, I mean, that's going to bode well for the Thundering Herd down the line. And you're going to be on NBC as well. You're going to be seen nationally. A lot of people are going to tune in. It's Notre Dame. That's the draw right there. Because Notre Dame fans want to watch Notre Dame. It doesn't matter the opponent. Oh, it's Marshall. Well, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but I'm not going to tune in because it's Marshall. You don't hear that. If you do, shame on those fans. So this is going to be a fun game. I think so. I think it will be a fun game for sure. That's why you schedule Norfolk State before Notre Dame. You will get a quality look at what your team looks like against an opponent. And you should win the game, but at the same time, you're going to get a quality look at your team. And you're going to get an opportunity to maybe look at more of your team if things go well early in the contest. This is not a team that's going to roll in here and just lay down and say, we're here, give us our check. They're going to be competitive. Marshall's going to be better. But Norfolk State is going to be competitive. That's what you want. The scoreboard might not indicate that, but Norfolk State will be competitive and challenge Marshall and give Marshall some opportunity to look at live fire against different opponent in preparation for Notre Dame. So what do you schedule that game? Period. End of story. You don't have such luck against uh, Troy because Notre Dame's going to be good. Bowling Green's going to be a challenge, of course. You're at those two, and then you're at Troy. Troy's going to be a tough game. Gardner-Webb is sort of like a reset. Okay. And then you got Louisiana. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a good matchup. That's going to be challenging. Uh, Heard fans will remember what happened in the bowl. Marshall will hopefully be better. There will be some depth there. There will be a opportunity to show Louisiana what Marshall football is about in the Sun Belt. And honestly, if you overlook – Norfolk State, and you overlook Gardner-Webb, I think it's an attractive home schedule. And you don't look at those games and go, oh. You look at those games as, okay, it's an opportunity to see their herd, and they should be wins. 
for one thing. Those sh- should be wins. I mean, a lot of outlets are predicting the herd maybe 10-2. and two. I've seen that number a lot, 10-2. and two. So we're talking about Notre Dame as the loss, right? And maybe Appalachian State as a loss or Louisiana as a loss. That's um, that's the projected record from a lot of places I've seen so far. Ten and two, nine and three, maybe. You know, with the losses coming either against and uh, no particular order, you know, one or more coastal maybe or Louisiana maybe or Appalachian. You know, Notre Dame. A lot of a lot of outlets are factoring in. It's Notre Dame, so that's an automatic loss for the Thundering Herd. I'm not counting it until it happens, win or lose. But 10-2, I'm seeing that. 9-3, and 10-2. I'm seeing that a lot. We'll find out. We'll know soon if it's going to be a 10-2 and two season or if it's going to be better or if it's going to be worse. We'll know soon. Because I think those first three road games are going to be interesting and challenging. Notre Dame's going to be tough. Uh, Marshall can beat Troy. I'm not saying Troy can't beat Marshall. I'm just saying Marshall can beat Troy. Marshall should be able to beat Bowling Green. I'm not saying Bowling Green can't beat Marshall. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Marshall can beat a majority of these schools on the schedule if things go right. And, of course, Coach would say that's rat poison. He would point to that and say that's rat poison. Feeding the players, feeding the fans, rat poison. That's done. That's it. We're over. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow, and we'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show today, you can go back and listen to it over again. You can listen to it as many times as you want. Follow us on our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to today's show here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.